Lord, we just thank you because you are great. God, as we come together tonight, Lord, it matters to me who's here. God, it matters to me how many are here. It matters to me the family that I've got here. But God, all that really, truly matters deep down eternally is you. And God, I have a habit of coming in and worrying about the lights and worrying about the sound and worrying about how people feel. And and God, I I just want to step back and focus on you. I want my friends, my family to, no matter who's beside them, focus on you. So God, as we come into this space, there's not a question of whether you're here. You are absolutely here. You're not only here, but God, you fill every space in this room. You are omnipresent. You are everywhere. And God, you are omnipotent. You are all-powerful. And God, I believe you are who you say you are. So God, I believe that as we sit in this space together, God, you're all-present and you're all-powerful. And that means that if we don't feel you, it's not because you're not powerful. It's not because you're not present. It's because we are worried about everything else. So God, we just come and we lay our burdens down. We lay our sins down at the cross right now. We drop them at the foot of the cross to be left and never seen again. Because God, your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness, it is deep. It is unending. You cast our sin as far as the east is from the west. So God, in the power of the Holy Spirit, God, I pray over every person that's here today, over every person that's online, God, I pray that they would know that through faith in Jesus Christ, their sins are forgiven. God, that we can come into the Word tonight, we can come to your throne tonight as children of God. Not by our merit or our strength or our goodness or anything we've done, but by the blood of Jesus Christ alone and by your resurrection power. So God, speak to us through your word this evening. We come with open ears and open hearts. I pray that every word out of my mouth that's not of you would fall to the ground and be forgotten. But every word that you intend for your people tonight, God, would reach its target. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We're going to look at the book of Ezekiel tonight. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. Kelton did a great job reading for us verses 11 through 16, but we're really going to dive into the the entire book, uh, or the entire chapter. The book would take a while, but chapter 34 of Ezekiel. My Bible says the Lord will be Israel's shepherd. The Lord will be Israel's shepherd. I want to talk about that word shepherd tonight. As you're turning in your Bibles or getting your notes out or whatever you want to do, Ezekiel chapter 34, I want to talk about the word shepherd and I want to challenge how we see shepherds in ministry or shepherds in the kingdom of God a a little bit. As you're turning there, I want to share, most of you know uh, my philosophy is fairly recent teaching, but Ephesians 4 is not recent teaching, it's been throughout the whole church history, but for me, uh, we've really been focusing this year on Ephesians chapter 4 where it says that Christ gave these offices to function in the church. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 that Christ gave apostles. So these are your folks that have a a mind for multiplying, for planting, for traveling, and, and setting up the church and setting up different churches. Prophets. 
These are your folks that they, they kind of hear from the Lord and they share God's heart on matters. They share vision for the church. It's not just telling future events, but it's also just saying, hey, church, this is what the Lord is speaking to me, whether it's encouragement or it's rebuke. And it's kind of just communicating that message uh, uh, for the Lord. There's your, uh, your evangelists who have a deep office or, or role for sharing the gospel with other people, sharing with the lost the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's the shepherds. And the shepherds, the office of shepherd is the person that is generally in charge of pastoral care. Their calling, their office in ministry is really focused on the folks that are in the flock, caring for them and visiting the sick and, and checking on the folks in your congregation and really taking care of your brothers and sisters in Christ. And then there's the teachers. And these are the folks that they're given a calling to an office where primarily their job, what they're really great at, is diving into the Word and sharing with a believer more about the Word and really going deep in discipleship and teaching God's Word. But what I want to talk about tonight is these are offices. And I believe that uh, everyone is, is maybe called to uh, uh, one of these offices in a, in a way that that's what they're really, really excelling at. Or that's what they're very, very gifted in. For example, this year's been a lot of analysis for me and really checking my heart and realizing that primarily God has gifted me or equipped me to be more of a prophetic role. The way that I kind of learned this was I'm preaching to four churches every Sunday and I began to realize that what I was preaching a lot of times was, was not lifting them up necessarily, but God had laid just a burden on my heart for how the church needed to wake up and, and get back on track and refocus on who Jesus was. And I began to realize that if, if I was the only person that people are hearing every week, well, it may be a little bit discouraging. Now, as we found out last week, I know that God allows me to preach encouraging messages, but I felt more of a prophetic role because I'm going to preach whatever God lays on my heart. And I think every preacher does that. But more often than not, I'm feeling God's burden for his people. Does that make sense? Secondarily, I would say that my calling is, has an evangelistic role to it. I, I feel a burden for sharing with the lost and preaching the gospel wherever I can, whether it's a street corner or out in the park or wherever. But what I want to talk about tonight is the fact that you are all called to do each of these roles. Let me tell you what I mean. Your primary gifting and position in ministry may not be to plant churches everywhere that you go, but you should still have a mind that you want to share Jesus and have the, the, the church spread out. Your mind should still go, I want to multiply the gospel. Amen? Your primary gifting or office may not be of a prophetic nature where you're not constantly having the visions or hearing, uh, having dreams or feeling a burden on your heart that you just can't. Some days I feel like I wake up and I'm just, I feel angry and I don't know why and I pray, God, why do I feel so angry? I have no reason to be angry. And God says, listen, that's my righteous anger you're feeling right now. I've laid that burden on your heart. It's going to hurt for a while, but I need you to share it. That may not be you, but that doesn't mean that your mind shouldn't go, Lord, I know that because I follow Jesus Christ, you can speak to me and I can hear you and I can share what you're speaking to someone else. That your mind isn't going, as I walk down the street, Holy Spirit, are you guiding me to share a word with someone? Even though you may not have the primary calling to be an evangelist in the sense that all you do is go out and share, the, share with the lost, every one of us is called to share Jesus Christ with people that do not know him. Amen? And what I want to focus on tonight is your primary gifting or calling may not be a shepherd, but you are still called to 
lead and to love on and to care for and to, to clothe the naked and to feed the hungry and to heal the sick. That's still your calling to pastoral care to some degree. If you are the leader, a spiritual leader in your household, then you have a role to shepherd your household. If you are leading a Sunday school, you have the role to shepherd the children that you're with. If you lead a small group and you're the leader of that small group, you have the role of shepherding that small group. And I really want to focus on the shepherd nature tonight. I want to be honest with you. The past year, my heart has gone the least of all of these offices for you, the least gifted I felt in any of these offices was the shepherd. Because my heart doesn't naturally go, okay, who's sick? Let me go visit them. Who have I not talked to in a while? Let me send them a card. That, my, my heart doesn't do that. My heart doesn't naturally go, you know what? Uh, Colin looked like he was really sad tonight. Maybe I need to check on him and, and meet with him this week and, and see how he's doing. That's not my natural gear of my heart. And there was a season this year where I went, you know what, God? That's not what I'm called to. That's not my, that's not my primary office, so I can just kind of push it aside. And the Lord has taught me, no. No, you can't. No, you can't. And what I want to talk about tonight is this role of a shepherd, and I want to tell you why I believe God used the word shepherd so much throughout the Bible. All throughout Scripture, you see this idea of a shepherd, and I believe there's a reason. You see, God could have just said, I'm going to plant rulers or leaders in my church. Now, in the Old Testament, shepherds were always used. Even the kings were called shepherds, and there's a reason. He could have just said, you're a king, you're a ruler, you're a leader, you have control over this territory or this land or this group, but he said shepherd. The reason is the word shepherd suggests both leadership and caring. Both leadership and caring. There's a difference. You see, a shepherd, when he has his sheep in the field, the shepherd can't just say, I'm going to lead my sheep wherever I want them to go. If they don't listen, well, so be it. If, they don't, if they're not safe, so be it. You know, a, a leader, sometimes I think of the corporate world, and I worked for folks, especially in police work, that I had, I had a sergeant, one in particular, that was amazing. I mean, I had no doubt in my mind this sergeant, uh, his birthday was actually this weekend, happy birthday, um, but this sergeant loved me and I knew it. I knew that if we were going out into battle, if we were going out in the field and we were, we were doing work, that sergeant would have my back and he genuinely cared for my well-being. I worked for another sergeant that at the time we called Top Shelf because he was hard to reach. I won't call him out on Facebook, but, but I want to share. This sergeant, I knew he had, a, he had a genuine interest for things to go well. He wanted numbers. He wanted for stats to be good. But I really didn't feel like he cared about my well-being. And the reason the Bible uses the word shepherd so much is because shepherd denotes a leader who also cares. A leader who also cares. Now, if you're hearing this message tonight, you may be in one of two places. The first thing I want you to hear is this. If you're following Jesus Christ for any period of time, odds are at some point you are serving as a shepherd of somebody. And if you're not, I want to encourage you to find that person that you're supposed to shepherd. Whether it's one person, two, three, five, six, find someone that you feel like God has placed the role for your life to make sure that person is cared for, to help them to stay within boundaries, to help them to grow, to help them to be safe, to protect them and care for them. Find that person. The second thing that I want to throw out there is this. I pray it's not so in here. But it's possible. You could be someone in the family of God, in God's, in the flock of the kingdom of God, 
who has had a bad shepherd. You could be someone that has experienced at some point a bad shepherd. This message is for you either way. Ezekiel chapter 34, this is what the Word of God says. Verse 2 says this, The word of the Lord came to me, that being Ezekiel the prophet. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel and said, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? Verse 4 says this, You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. So Ezekiel chapter 34 says this, Ezekiel, I need you to tell the shepherds that I've appointed to Israel. The folks that I have given the charge to care for my flock, I need you to prophesy to them and tell them that they're not doing their job. That they were supposed to look out for my people and instead they looked out for themselves. That they were supposed to care for them above themselves and instead they always put themselves first. That they were supposed to, to keep them together and united and instead they've caused them to be scattered. Ezekiel 34 comes in the season of Israel's life that they're about to be spread out into exile. Ezekiel always uses the term scattered. They're scattered away from Israel. There's three things that make these shepherds false shepherds in this passage of Scripture. The first is this, exploitation. This is the idea that these shepherds were using the sheep for their own good. They were using the sheep to their own glory, to their own advantage. They exploited the flock that God had given them. The second thing is this, the shepherds were called to sacrificial care for their sheep. All throughout Scripture, there are times you see the shepherd have to fight off something away from the sheep. That if a lion or a bear came, the shepherd's job was at their own peril to fight this, this animal, this, this beast, this threat to the flock. Whether it was with a stick or a slingshot, whatever it was, they had the responsibility not to run and leave the sheep, but to fight for the sheep. And the Lord prophesied through Ezekiel, listen, you were supposed to sacrifice for them and instead you let them go, you put yourself first, you, you weren't willing to sacrifice in care for the sheep. And the third thing is this, you failed to keep them together. You had a job with those that you were given charge of to keep them united, to keep them together. Church, I want, to hear, I want you to hear that Ezekiel 34 is written to Israel, but I also want you to hear it in the context of the church. The sad truth, and unfortunately this is the burden that God has laid on my heart tonight, but the sad truth is there are too many shepherds out there who have exploited their sheep. There are too many shepherds who were given charge of God's people and called to love them above themselves, but when the time came, they weren't willing to bend their back or even uh, give the smallest sacrifice to care for the people that God gave them. And we're not just talking about pastors. Sunday school teachers, leaders in the church. We've had too many shepherds that were given a certain flock or a certain congregation. And they had the job of keeping them together, of keeping them in, in the love that Christ shared, of keeping them in, in, in unity. And, and, and we see too often that shepherds have, have spread out the family of God just for the sake of profit. 
As I read Ezekiel 34 this week, I, I asked myself, what do you like as a shepherd? And I got to tell you, it, it hurt a little bit because I'm going, you know what? These three things, like there are times I've done each of these. There are times that I really thought, you know what, if, if I could just make this change in the church with the congregation that we have, I think maybe it would make us grow a little or it would make us grow in number or it would make us grow in popularity. And looking back, I go, you know what, I made that decision and we grew in number or we grew in popularity, but I made the pool shallow. God was calling me to deepen what we had, and I just deepened the numbers because it made me feel better. But really, the, the sheep, the flock, the congregation that God had given me, they would have benefited from just deep care of them and not trying to bring in more people at that time. There are times that I go, you know what, I, I, I could have totally gone to visit that person when they were sick, or I could have totally gone to check on this person, but I had this minor thing. Maybe there was a, a soccer game on, or maybe I just wanted to be at home that night, and so I ignored the phone call, or I just didn't go out of my way to care for somebody. But the one that convicts me most, and I think should convict the whole church most, is this, this, this word of Scripture says, they were scattered and there was no shepherd. And I think of the church today, and I think of the ridiculousness that is the competition between bodies of Christ. That there's a church on every corner, and whether we say it or not, the truth is every pastor has some degree of, 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 of competition in them where they're going, is, is so-and-so going there now? What do I feel about that? Or, uh, you know, they're doing that. Maybe we should start, and that'll bring people to our place. And I'm not saying that we have to be this utopian church where we all end up in one building, but I am saying that at what point did God say, listen, I want you to shepherd these congregations, but make sure you keep them separate from each other. He said the exact opposite. You've scattered my sheep. Woe to you. Woe to you. You've scattered my sheep. Church, what I want to propose tonight is that all of us have at some point been a, what I'm going to call a Dwight Schrute shepherd. If you watch The Office, you should. If you don't, I'm going to explain it for you. There's this guy in The Office, this character named Dwight Schrute. And there's a man named Michael Scott, and Michael Scott is the boss of Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. He's the manager. And so Dwight is very hungry for power, and he wants some status, and he wants some control in the office. And Michael Scott knows this, so he kind of takes advantage of him a little bit, but he says, Dwight, I'm going to make you the assistant to the regional manager. The assistant to the regional manager. And all throughout nine seasons of this show, it's a mockumentary, but all nine seasons of the show deal with Dwight thinking that he's the assistant regional manager instead of the assistant to the regional manager. And so he takes control where he doesn't actually have control, and he, he thinks that he is more powerful than he is, and he, he does things to try to gain his own power, and does all these things where he tries to kind of lead something that's not really his to lead. Let me show you what God says in Ezekiel chapter 34. It says, verse 11, for this is what the sovereign Lord says. He says, shepherds, you failed. You didn't do what I called you to do. So this is what I say. I myself... I myself, says the Lord, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of cloud and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from, uh, from the countries. And I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel. I will tend them in a good pasture. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, verse 15, declares the sovereign Lord. 
I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. Hear that. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. Verse 22 says, I will save my flock and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between, between one sheep and another. Check this out. There's three things I want you to see tonight. The first is this scripture is calling out false shepherds, shepherds that have hurt the flock. The second is that shepherds can be sheep. They, shepherds are sheep. There's two ways to interpret the latter portion of this chapter. It says, I'm going uh, to separate my sheep from another. I will judge between one sheep and another. Hear this. There's two ways you can interpret this, and I don't think you'd be wrong with either one. The first way to interpret this is God has now said, listen, I gave you charge of my sheep. You failed. Now I'm going to remind you that you, the shepherds, are also the sheep. And I'm going to judge between the, the ones that have fattened themselves, the ones that have taken advantage of what they've, I've given them, and the ones that are lean and slender and need my care. I will judge between them. In essence, the shepherds, I want to remind you, shepherds, you are still sheep. The second way to interpret this is this way. He's dealt with the shepherds, and now he has said, shepherds, I've addressed you and your failures. Now I'm going to talk to the sheep that have taken advantage with you. Shepherds, I've called you out in the ways that you've exploited my, my flock, my congregation. I've called you out in the ways that you've cared for yourself before them. Now I'm going to call out the folks that went along with that shepherd. In essence, if we put it in context of the church today, hey, that pastor that exploited his people, that pastor that took advantage of his people, that pastor that taught his people false teaching, those of you that went along with that, I see you too. I see you too. And the Lord says, listen, I'm going to take care of my sheep that have been hurt. Listen to these promises. Let them speak into your life tonight. This is what the Lord says he will do. I will. Search them and seek them out. I will find them where they have gotten lost. I will seek them out and I will find them myself. Verse 12, I will deliver them. Whatever trouble they've gotten themselves into, I will deliver them. Verse 13, I will bring them out wherever they've been scattered to, whatever mess they've been sent into. I will bring them out of that trouble. Verse 13 also says, I will bring them in. I'm not only going to bring them out of the trouble, I'm going to bring them in to a place of prosperity, a place that I can care for them and give them rest and make sure they're nourished and heal them. Verse 14 says, I will feed them. Shepherds, where you fail to feed the flock, I'm going to feed them from the source itself. Verse 15, I will cause them to lie down. Listen, you've got them scattered, running their butts off in danger, in trouble. I'm going to give them rest. Verse 16, I will bind up the broken. Where out of your negligence and your failure, they've bro gotten broken, they've gotten damaged. I'm going to bind them up. I'm going to put them back together. I'm going to make them whole again. Verse 16, I will strengthen the sick. I'm going to offer them healing. The good shepherd, I will do these things. You see, church, what I want to offer you tonight is that the problem with us being shepherds, the problem with us being the good shepherd is we are not. Now hear me, I already told you at the beginning, every one of you has a calling to shepherd somebody. The idea here is that we do this out of our position in Christ, and if we don't, then we are not a good shepherd. I hope you heard what I said, because I'm in it for me too. 
To the extent that I don't shepherd through my position in Christ, I am not, will not ever be a good shepherd. God says, I'm going to do it. Not you, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to care for my people. The problem is that if we're trying to be a shepherd from our own power or our own broken heart, the problem is that we will never have the mission that God has. We'll be like Dwight Schrute where nine seasons of this show, he literally is clueless to the fact that he is not really helping anybody. Because your heart, your tendency, your human nature is to look out for me, me, me. And the sooner we recognize that, the better. What's good in you comes from God. And when you first hear that, that may discourage you and you go, you know what? Oh, you're telling me I'm not good and I, I feel like I'm pretty good. No, listen to me. You're not good. I'm not good. If there's anything good in me, it came from the Lord. And so if I'm going to be a good shepherd over what God has given me, and hear me, God's given you something. If I'm going to be a good shepherd over the people that God has called me to care for, I can only do that one way. Check this out. Verse 23 and 24 says this. It says, I will place over them one shepherd. I will place over them one shepherd. Keep in mind, Ezekiel's in the Old Testament. This is hundreds of years before Christ. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them, and he will be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will place over them one shepherd. Hear me out, church. Your job I need to hear this. I'm speaking to myself as much as anyone else. Your job is not to point anyone to you. Your job is not to lead any flock to where you want them to go. Your job is to submit to the authority of the good shepherd and to be a, kind of a, a sidetrack shepherd, an attachment, a sidekick, if you will, where Jesus has said, listen, I'm the good shepherd. I'm in you. The Holy Spirit works through you. I'm going to allow you to care for these people. First off, it's a privilege. Whether it's one person, 20, or 5,000, it's an honor and a privilege for the Lord Jesus Christ to say, listen, Ryan, I'm telling you, I'm trusting you with these people. I'm trusting you with that person. It's an honor and a privilege. And if I could read Ezekiel 34 as the shepherds that fell out of line, I can't imagine how heart-crushing it should be to hear God say, listen, you were told to care for my people. You didn't do it. The good shepherd. He says, I will place him among you, and he will be prince among them. That Hebrew word is the word nasi. It means prince, but it's not the way that we understand prince. When we think of prince, we think of the son of a king most often, the son of, of royalty. But the word nasi in Hebrew, it meant prince, but it more directly translated to someone who was already king. They had the power of the king. And so he says, I'm going to not only place this shepherd, but the shepherd will be a shepherd king. A shepherd king. Hear me out. This is why this matters. He's saying this shepherd will have all authority on heaven and on earth. This shepherd will be able to do the things that you could not do. 
I want you to understand these things. This may not be the most uplifting or, or driven message where you want to go out and do something, but I, I believe, I believe with all my heart that the sooner the church learns that it's not about me or my power or my gift, that I cannot do it without the Lord, the better. Because what I see in this, these passages about the shepherd is a danger of God saying, listen, you thought you could do it with a little bit of you and a little bit of me. I'm telling you that you couldn't do it without me, period. I will do it. It's all me. It's my shepherd that I've put in place, and without him, you will accomplish nothing. And so I want you to hear tonight, if you're online or in person, God welcomes us into his flock. First here, you are a sheep no matter what. Now, for, for us here in America, I'm going to be honest, that's probably hard to hear. Because our favorite thing to say, it's going around everywhere right now. If you've been on Facebook, you've seen it. Oh, all these sheep. Oh, all these sheep following what the government says. Oh, all these sheep that follow what the local authorities say. Oh, all these sheep that are following this coronavirus. All these things about sheep. But I want you to hear me because this, this is, should grate us a little bit and convict us and work on us. Because I want you to hear, you are a sheep. Before you're a shepherd, you're a sheep. God has literally called you to follow before you lead, and you are not a good leader in the kingdom of God except to the extent that you follow. And if you're not following, you may be leading, but you're leading somebody straight to hell. Because the only way through that narrow door that Jesus talks about is to be having people lead, follow you to where you're following. And if that's not Jesus, in all of his grandeur, in all of his authority, in all of his shepherd king nature, you're leading them to destruction. And Ezekiel says, woe to you. Woe to you. Watch out. But I also want you to hear this. For those of you in the room, for me especially, in the days that I am not a good shepherd, he says, listen, you're also a sheep. You're also a sheep. You know what that means? In the New Testament, it talks about the goats and the sheep, and it talks about how they're going to be separated. And the goats are just not sheep at all. And so in essence, what he's saying is, listen, if you're, if you're this goat, you don't belong here. You don't even belong. But in Ezekiel 34, the fact that God still calls the, the broken shepherds, still calls them sheep and says, listen, you're at least still in the flock. Now, I'm going to separate you because you've fattened yourself and you've taken advantage of what I've given you, but you're still in the flock. You're still in the flock. There are fat sheep in the pasture, in the flock, but there are not fat sheep in the pasture. God's saying, listen, you're still here with me. You still belong to me. And I'm giving you this warning. I'm giving you this, this danger that you're, you're in, you've uh, stepped into. But I'm going to give you the invitation. Listen, listen, if you hear me, come back. Come back in. The fat sheep represented people that thought they had what they needed. They thought, listen, I belong to God. But I don't really need God. Church, I'm going to close this in prayer in a minute, but hear me if you hear nothing else. I believe God is, is renewing his church. I believe that God wants the church to, to wake up where it's asleep and to say, Jesus, we want more of you. We want desperately to be in relationship with you. We want to know you more deeply. And, and listen, I, I think there are thousands of ways to do this. Thousands of ways that you could try to do this. Let me phrase it that way. But I believe at the heart of it all, there's one way. One way that the church comes back to the Christ that it proclaims. One way. 
And it's to realize that we are desperately in need of God. That we cannot. Hear me. It's not louder music. It's not better sounds. It's not better preaching. It's not me waving my arms up here and getting excited or putting together the best sentences that you've ever heard. It's not increasing your ministry out to the world. It's not increasing the amount of food you give. It's not any of these things. It's one way. It's leading a group of people coming together as the body of Christ to the throne and saying, God, we can't do this without you. We won't make it another step without you. The problem is, we want to go, I'm going to, uh, I think I can go this far without him. Uh, I think I could take one more step. Uh, I think I'll get a little bit further in my own power. And the problem is, God is calling us to say, no, you get nowhere without me. I am the shepherd. I am the king. I will do it. Not you. Me. I will take care of my people. And I'm guilty of it. So church, I'm calling us tonight together. We're going we're gonna to come together in prayer. And at first, I want to offer, if there's anyone here or, or online, especially if you're online, look, there's a message button. And I want you to use that. Because the first thing we need to hear is, listen, you are called to be a sheep. And I think for some people, you may say you've been following Jesus all your life, but the truth is, you were never actually following. You were talking about him. You were trying to walk alongside him, but you weren't following. And I want to offer that. Look, you are called to be in this flock, and it is an honor and a privilege. And, and, and the best part is, it's just like this passage says, God's going to do it. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to get your act together. You don't have to go and right all your wrongs. You just come with faith in Jesus Christ as the good shepherd king, the Lord and Savior who died on the cross for your sins and rose from the grave to conquer sin and death forevermore. And so if that's you tonight, I, I want you, especially if you're online, Send a message. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you in prayer. But I believe it's, it's not about these words. It's about what's happening in your heart. And if you don't understand what's happening in your heart, then it's pointless for you to pray the prayer. So message. Message us so that we can know, uh, first, that you are welcome to the kingdom of God. And, and I believe the Lord throws a party, and so should we. But also so you can be plugged in to grow in your faith. But church, I also want us to lead this charge tonight to say, listen, I want to just come to God and be desperate. When's the last time you were truly desperate for God? I mean, the last time you said, Lord, I've been trying to lead. I've been trying to, maybe it's just you. Maybe it's just your household. But I've been trying to lead. I've been trying to go down this road. And I have felt like I, I thought I had what I needed. But I, I am just broken. If you're nothing else tonight, hear this. That's exactly where you need to be. The more often you feel broken before the Lord, knowing that only he can fix you, the better off you're going to be. I know that's contrary to everything the world tells you, but that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. In your brokenness is where he will pick you up and fix you and heal you and deliver you. So I'm going to leave some prayer tonight. And I want to ask you, church, can we do that? Can we commit to that? Can we stack hands and say, I want to be a church, a body that submits to the authority of God? Understand all that that means. What I'm asking you tonight is can we pray that we give him all of it, not a piece of us, all of it to say, Lord, we are sheep. I want to I take back that word. I want to make it something that doesn't mean anything negative anymore. To say we are sheep in the pasture of the Lord. We are sheep and we follow where our shepherd leads, no matter where that is. Amen? Lord, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. God, we come to you this evening in desperate need of you. Lord, I thank you for our salvation. 
God, I don't think we, we think about it enough, but Lord, we have been saved. We have been rescued. We have been redeemed, and we are so thankful. Lord, I want to reach out. Lord God, we want to reach out through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, for those folks that don't know you as their Lord and Savior. God, we want to welcome them into the flock. So God, we pray this with them. Lord, I am a broken sinner in need of salvation that I cannot find on my own. I place my faith tonight in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died on the cross for my sins, for my brokenness. I believe that on the third day He rose from the dead and that in His resurrection, sin and death have been defeated forevermore. I place my faith, my life, in this truth. I commit to you. Lord, I thank you for my salvation. Lord, I pray this evening, God, that any person that prayed that prayer, Lord, that they would message us. God, that they would reach out somewhere to grow with a family in faith whether it's here or someone else, God, convict their hearts to know that what, what they've just committed to is a serious thing, God, that changes everything. And Lord, we come together as a church tonight to say, God, we need you. We desperately need you. Heavenly Father, I know that there are people in this room right now that have folks that they love that are sick, that have folks that they love that are oppressed, that have folks that they love that need all kinds of things. But God, we're here to say tonight, we don't need anything nearly as much as we need you. God, if all we could have is you, we have enough. Lord, make us like Moses this evening. God, that if you were to say to us, I'll lead you to land that is flowing with milk and honey. I'll lead you to land that has everything that you need. I'll lead you to land where you will grow and multiply, but I'm not going with you. Make us like Moses this evening, Lord, to say we are not going if you're not going with us. Because God, all we need is you. Lord, in the midst of a world full of turmoil, God, you woke us up this morning. You gave us the breath in our lungs. You gave us life, Lord God. And while the whole world can grumble and complain, God, we are here to say tonight that we are thankful, Lord God. We are joyous, Lord God, that we have the ability to be living, to be breathing, to be in this room with one another, to be united with folks through this little screen, Lord God. You are an abundant God, a God of goodness, a God who blesses us beyond measure, Lord God. And we don't want to go another minute, Lord God, without saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that works with us even now, Lord God. We thank you. We come together right now as we prepare to go into more worship. We take a few moments, Lord, to come in intercession for those that we love and the community that we live in. Heavenly Father, we lift these needs to you. And God, we pray over them in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we pray for healing. We pray for deliverance. We pray for traveling mercies. And Lord, we pray believing, not doubting, Lord God, but believing, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, Lord, there is power beyond measure. Lord God, that you are a God who heals. Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are a God provider, Jehovah Rapha. You are a God healer. Lord, you are uh, all things. And God, we just pray that you would work miracles 
Lord God, and that most of all that we would, we would see what you do and God give you thanks. Lord, as we lift these needs to you, God, we know that you have heard them, but God, you've also heard the needs that are deep within our hearts, Lord, that we're not comfortable speaking out loud, but God, you know the depths of our heart and we lift those needs as well. God, we pray over these things in Jesus' name. Let the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, every name that's been called, Lord God, that it would, uh, your power of the Holy Spirit would just work through them from head to toe. God, that they would feel your presence even now. God, that they would be healed physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. God, we just pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would go out from this place. God, to, to meet the needs of your people. God, we pray for all those, Lord, in our community that don't know you. God, that even now their hearts would be stirred. And God, that our hearts would be stirred to share your word. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.